Welcome back to the Archage podcast. I'm going to trigger warning this whole thing. I am going to be talking about mental health in men, and that's not why I'm trigger warning it. It's because I'm going to be talking about, I don't want to say controversial topics, but looking at things from a new lens, as I tend to do on my blog and on my podcast. So um, that is that. I took about a week off, maybe a little bit longer, been recuperating energy. And so I think it's good for me to tell you that. Um, if you look forward to the weekly podcast, I'm sorry, there may be times or there will be times. Let me just say that set the expectation now there will be times where I take time in between when the world energy is really ramped up and heightened and when I'm transmuting a lot and um, working with the universe and my own guides to recover my energy so I don't burn out and and that's been something that has been really um, eye-opening I don't want to say challenging at the beginning it was challenging to honor my boundaries Uh, but after that it has you know been really awesome to listen to my body when she needs a little bit of time to relax and so that is that um yeah I'm gonna get into it and talk about this also I have been asked in the past whether I am going to go to a paid platform um I'm really just open to things but I have started putting a a donate link in my bio as well as on my Instagram post so if you want to donate um, that would be amazing and I receive that abundance and if not and it's not in your means or you don't want to that is totally okay Um, or you don't feel called to there is no judgment here Um, it's there for those that have asked me and so yeah getting into this podcast so Today is February the 25th when I'm recording this. Uh, Wednesday the 23rd. Yeah, wow, okay. Wednesday the 23rd was Pink Shirt Day, which is anti-bullying. I mean, anti-bullying should be every day, but that's the day for awareness around it. And I, I think it was that, that day or the day before, I had started the Netflix docuseries or a docuseries that's on Netflix called um, College Behind Bars. And recently I've been thinking a lot more about what actually lands someone in prison or behind bars. And I mainly want to talk about men's mental health because men are disproportionately in prison for various reasons. And so I want to talk about the links of mental health and also like what I felt as an empath watching that show. And nothing... I don't want anything that I say, I mean, it may come across insensitive. And so I wanted to put that trigger warning out there, but I wanted to not, but, but with that, I want to provide a different perspective. And I'm not saying that these individuals should not be held accountable or that families don't deserve the justice and the peace, right? Like I'm not saying any of that. Um, I'm more looking at the links of what can happen to somebody throughout their life to put them in that sort of situation to make a grave mistake and to have to go through that learning lesson and the rightful accountability of, um, you know, being incarcerated in, in those situations. And, you know, a lot of these men in the show are, uh, and there are women that are in the show, but as I said, I want to talk about the themes around the men um, or generally around men and, and mental health. So, yeah, looking at that and the types of individuals they just really read as. And, you know, men's mental health is not talked about like mental health overall. I mean, women's mental health is talked about abuse and trauma. And 
I think it's really unfair to, to, okay, no. Some people generalize and assume that it's only women that go through abuse, that men's are the perpetrators, women are the victims. A lot of the time, that is the case, right? A lot of the time, that is the case. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not. And sometimes women are the abusers and are the reasons that men also retaliate, right? There are no like one-way scenarios, right? That may not be the vast majority, but let's say a, a woman keeps abusing a man or picking on him or emotionally belittling him, belittling him and that, that drives him to do something, you know, assault-related or to go into drinking and to have self-esteem concerns and then to lash out physically because men are taught not to talk about the, their emotions, release their emotions or go to therapy. A lot of the toxic masculinity is about like the machismo aspect, right? Is, oh, you should, um, you know, be a good man and do this and have um, the, the ability to swallow everything. Swallow your pride and don't talk about how things make you feel, right? So toxic masculinity overall, let's look at the term machismo. So machismo is, you know, the aggressive, um, built strong, burly man. Um, you, you know, it's not the same as masculinity. Let's say masculine is looking at the traits of a man or what is stereotypically a man or the adjectives of it. How do men identify, right? And that is also a very subjective thing. But the machismo aspect is you are a burly man that is the hunter, is the provider, you know, is cold. And um, it doesn't matter if you have emotions. You don't show them what are emotions. You're strong. You go to the gym. You go to work. You come home. You have your food for you. You, you know, you have a woman that has sex with you, right? Like the, the traits of that being the male identity and what that relates to. I mean, a lot of those things are normal and happen in healthy functioning relationships. But the main aspects I want to talk about, like I said, are how certain um, treatment of men leads them to be in very worse off situations and sometimes prison. So men, just like any other person on the planet, no, men are people. Oh, geez, okay, I'm losing it are subject to trauma intergenerational trauma often different different intergenerational mm -hmm. trauma and oops my glasses are going against my microphone so maybe different than women right so it could be that hunter mentality it could be the over provider um it could be not over provider but you know the main breadwinner and with that suppresses his emotions and doesn't have time to deal with the emotional capability for women sometimes it's the um intergenerational lineage of like the matriarch um matriarch not being a bad a bad thing but you know, not working, um, expected to do everything at home, or if she does work, still expected to do that. So not having an equal balance, right? But that's not really what I want to talk about. I, like I said, I want to talk about what leads to the mental health. So a lot of boys, let's say, are also taught to suppress their emotions, 
right? I did a post once on gang violence and why gang violence really exists. I was talking about the South Asian community, but it exists overall. It was just not to do with them. The post was tailored towards that and towards our culture. And I actually had someone that's Caucasian reach out to me and say, oh my God, that makes so much sense with something she's seen with the Hells Angels. It's like a motorcycle, um, if you want to say gang, predominantly in the Okanagan and Kelowna area here in BC, but all around, right? And so it's the the desire to feel loved, the desire to feel like you're a part of a community. And at that time that I did that post, there were a lot of shootings going on in the Lower Mainland here in Vancouver um, or in the BC area. And gang violence was super prevalent when I was living in Australia for my MBA and JD uh, law degree. But it happened again last year in 2021. And so I did the post to really break down why this happens, right? So, oh, you have to give everything to your family or you have to provide. Oh, you, you know, all your friends have nice cars and nice things and fancy watches and bling. Um, and, or, you know, you want to keep up with that. And then you want to provide that to your girlfriend. And then what does your girlfriend grow up with? What kind of mentality? And how do women that come from unhealthy house, households or suppressed households um, as South Asian women or overall doesn't have to be how do they then become kind of like addicted and codependent on those type of guys that show them all this love and affection through materialism but are they actually getting the love that they need inside and so it's that the cycle of that for let's come coming back to the men right of oh, I got to do this, I got to provide, and then putting themselves in very dangerous situations and always wanting to one-up each other to to show the, the value of self. And often they do that within their gang. Um, and they find that brotherly connection because they're not able to find that at home. Let's say the, the patriarch in their family doesn't know how to emotionally connect, so brings that, um, brings that let's say, intergenerational stuff or closed-off energy, blocked heart chakra, to the life of the son right in the household where let's say it's just normal for the mom to feel that way um not to you know just just talk about let's say the nuclear the nuclear family here and so um if you don't know what that is that's like mom dad kids right like what you would see as the traditional white picket fence family i mean everything's an illusion everybody has these concerns or some concern but you know, the sun feeling closed off and then going to that, right? And that in itself is a link to how somebody can end up in prison. It's like you get so entrenched in this gang life and identity that you 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 may throw your life away for it and you have to learn your lesson, right? So whether that's to the violence that may occur, whether that's to trafficking. And again, that is, you know, do they have equal resources to know where to seek out mental health help? Do they have the resources within their within their like friends crew to really talk about these issues? Um, are they feeling supported in this? And no, if not, like, what are they resorting to to feel supported? Are they numbing their pain through drugs and alcohol? Are there are they numbing what they feel by doing inappropriate activities or things that are not really uh, going to work for them, right? And how is this meant to teach them to grow? And what I really just love seeing in the show College Behind Bars was these men that are in prison, like some of them up to life, some of them like nine years, 16 years, 20 years, and 
them really realizing there's a lot more to life than what they put themselves through and each soul chooses to go through a specific scenario like that if they're going through that or a learning growth experience to see okay what do I really want out of life and what does that look like and what like really really amazing thing about this show and the prison system and the government got a lot of flack for this in in um the usa and this is i think is primarily in boston but it's called a bpi program and so and at first it was government funded where these individuals these inmates were being given let's say quote unquote free education it ended up becoming privately funded after that when the government cut down on prison funding um the society or people some people in society were unhappy because they're like why should we have to pay for tuition and these individuals in jail don't have to i mean it's a really lack sort of mindset but i get that right i get that as someone didn't that didn't have a free ride if you want to say but then a lot of people in society are not thinking about the lives that these individuals have to live behind bars and um on top of that it's why should they not have access to education? They can't go externally. They're not allowed to go pay for it and go out, right? It's like, oh, you should be subject to that. But the irony is, is people are in prison or generally what the criminal justice system wants and what society says that they want is for these individuals to rehabilitate. And what that means is I want you to become a better version of yourself or a version of yourself that's really good that can come back to society and contribute. But then saying that you are not owed an education. So it's a catch-22. What do you really want? You want the person to rot away and die, right? That's not growth. That's not empathy. That's not compassion. And again, it's hard to have that compassion for individuals that have done really grave things. And yeah, there are for sure people that host really DARK energy that deserve to be in prison for the rest of their lives. Those that have that are serial killers and those that have assaulted multiple women and you know rape women or predators you know like that yeah that's all true that's all real that's all valid what about the individual that made one mistake that knows they made a mistake that owned up to it that wants to rehabilitate and let's say get out on parole and do better for themselves why don't they why aren't they owed that and like watching that conflict in their minds of like i don't deserve it Versus like, wow, I've been given such a chance and like watching their humility, seeing how they feel, how they talk about themselves, what they've grown to learn, how intelligent they are, um, learning different languages, being able to talk about theory in a way that I'm like, wow, you know, as a as a theorist, I'm like, holy crap, I love that analogy. And like sometimes like looking up certain Latin terms and verbiage they're using, I'm like, holy crap, right? Like. I really recommend watching the show, but it gives you that different light. And, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat, again, what they have done. But it was really, it was them learning their sense of purpose and value and bringing that into the lives of those around them with their younger brothers and their, you know, their kids and who, you know, whoever around them can really learn from that sort of experience or see like, hey, look, they got out of it and or they have learned something from this and I don't have to repeat that like some of them saying like you know I wish I had all of these things or I wish I spent more time with my family or I wish that I would have chosen something else right and that in itself coming from a place of like not being forced to say it but from a place of acceptance I think it's very empowering and and yeah and you know i i love criminal law i love advocacy and the justice system overall 
Um, you know, a lot of you know I've made a shift in my in the justice system to basically litigate outside of the actual system itself. So that's a whole new thing with my advocacy and activism. But um, when I was first getting called, I well, I articled in criminal defense. A lot of my articling was in criminal defense, so I was in court a lot. But overall, I at the time I believe yeah I was at the articling time. So I actually have a lot of family on my mom's side that works in the the prison system, uh, like corrections officers. I have an aunt that's a warden. Uh, super cool, right? And so I had asked them to give me a tour of specific jails here that they worked at, and and they agreed, which was amazing what was really shocking and i understand why it is this way but was how women are treated in prison versus men and again i know that men tend to be more aggressive granted i went to men's maximum security at kent and i went to women's medium in matsqui i think it's medium but just seeing the differences and some i did see the solitary confinement at women's um which were individual cells and things like that but just looking at even that difference, right, and, and the ability to rehabilitate in so, those sort of environments. So a little bit of background, the women's prison I went to, um, there were like homes where people were kind of living in quads. Um, they had access to knives, but they were chained to let's like they had like little kitchens and bathrooms and rooms within these quads. They were like on a lot. There was a track where they could run around. Um things that I definitely agreed with, right? Then the knives were pinned to the wall so they couldn't take them off and they had like psychological help, arts and crafts, things like that. Solitary confinement was different. There were individual cells, um, you know, got to see the gym and and whatnot. And so I was like, wow, like I didn't expect it to look like this. And then I went to Kent, maximum security. And the Kent is like the Western side of Canada is like maximum security prison. Like Robert Picton is there who is like, mass rapist um and yeah so he's like a how do you want to call him a celebrity but infamous infamous criminal from here um so that's where he is and a bunch of others and so i i did see him actually that day <laughs> it was pretty surreal and i remember actually saying i was shocked that he was watching tv isn't that sad i'm actually kind of sad for myself that i was like why does he have a tv like he doesn't deserve a TV. That's what I thought at that time. That's really what I thought. And I'm not saying that this is a good individual, but in my mind, I was like, even though he's in the cell by himself all the time, he like just deserves a look at a wall. And like, that's not really fair. I don't think that that that's really called for. Um, re regardless of if he's learned his lesson, it's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Again, not justifying any of those actions. And I know it's a really tough one to swallow even for me. But when I went to um, to men's, it was just like a different world. A, the again, it was max, right? So it's like I had to go through a little bit of security. Uh, it was seeing how they were all individually in their cells, right? They don't have the quads there. They don't have as much access. Um, you know, the coming out of their, their cell and being handcuffed. Um, yeah, have it, they have like, at that time, I think it was like rotating times for them to be like able to eat. Um, 
yeah, it was just honestly like really surreal seeing the difference. And again, acknowledging that I believe that some of like that the type of security and the type of prison is different. But in terms of like what that does to one's mental health. And, um, you know, a lot of the suppression of men's mental health starts from when you're a kid. Like I said, like, don't show your emotions. What are your emotions? Even not showing prop like your dad not showing you that love or maybe your grandfather, any paternal figure not showing you that love. Um, and then maybe not having like that open sort of dynamic in relationship with your mom. Like maybe she has some sort of um, not resentment, but like blocks with, with your dad. And so it kind of perpetuates in the household. But overall, it's like the pressure that is put on men to provide and to be there and to be so strong and like learning that vulnerability is weak. Like that is a problem that I have. And we see that a lot in our generation. I'm 30. So like in my generation and older, it's starting to get better at the, in the younger generations where individuals are actually starting to express and knowing that it's safe and I remember like when I've heard like when I see vulnerability I'm like whoa right like and I can see the growth in a lot of men and I I do have male clients so if you're ever interested in booking a coaching call with me I love having male clients it is so empowering and eye-opening for me and such an honor and a privilege um, to host male clients in my energetic field to to help you with your awakening and ascension process i really 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 enjoy it because it's honestly such a beautiful exchange um and so yeah it is super it's super um fascinating to me not that you are a test subject but i i like to give that space as a divine feminine to those that are honoring their divine masculine energy but you know coming back to the mental like the mental illness aspect it's the suppression of the emotions and so let's say you've grown up your whole life not having any um any uh, like any knowing of how to express feeling scared to express and then allowing yourself to be so blocked up that at least you know the anxiety and the depression and the trauma and the resentment which then often explodes when it comes to like physical or in ways that are physically abusive or fits um emotionally abusive so uh, lashing out again like it's like how much emotion how much emotional abuse can you also take like i said there are a lot of households where women are putting that abuse on men right you're not doing enough or you're this or you're that and that toxic femininity that's definitely a thing that is definitely a thing i've done a post on that too the toxic feminine um the toxic femininity in south asian cultures and i gave examples about it again it's not just south asians but it's like what is this person wearing or you know like all these like sort of things are like giving dirty looks and assuming that somebody's a slut like there's just so many things that go on and it is it's just not okay and then it's assuming that it's okay for the man to take the brunt of that and then to never explode and then to blame him for that situation right so that's not everywhere but it's like how does that play into into mental health right and so a lot of these men then don't have that sense of community and so like they'll look and they look for the community in places that are not healthy or an addiction and then it's so much more on top where it has to be completely reversed right and it was sad to see in the show that some people didn't have the community people weren't 
coming to visit them. They didn't have anywhere to go when they left. Um, they didn't have their family. And like one individual is saying, I'm a student, but I'm also in prison. Like when I'm in class, I'm a student, but then I'm an inmate. It's like, it was really, it was really like gut-wrenching because one of them had said they had done their graduation. So they're doing their associate's degrees. And then there are, some of them are going on to do their bachelor's and like a thesis. And so it was really cool. But they're like, you know, we're here having this graduation. It was awesome. We're in the auditorium. Our families are there. You know, they're like giving speeches and stuff. And then they're like, right when we cross the door, they like tell us to strip and they search us. So we have to take all like everything off. And they're like, it's like a mind fuck, right? It's a mind fuck. And that would be that would be a mind fuck of like, hey, I've done so much to better my life and better my education. And I just graduated with a degree. And then, you know, I, I crossed this wall and it's like that. The cognitive dissonance of like you you live in two factually different worlds like you are a student and you are educated and you just went through this whole thing and you go to school within the prison system where it looks like a school it does in, in the show and it does overall i did see it in in um, prison when i went there to visit and um and then on the other side it's like yeah you go back to your cell you go back to your corridors and you live as a prisoner and you're treated the same so even though you were just treated with so much love and admiration and adoration 10 minutes ago you're going back to that you know and they some of them saying like you know we're friends in the, the classroom and then when we go back out into like prison life outside of the classroom we have our gangs and like we're not supposed to talk and and honestly, I just wanted to really like bring light to the mental health aspect of that and like what it really what it really puts on their mind. Like one's like, I'm going into the box for doing my homework. It's like, holy shit, it's so true. You're going back into the box for doing your homework. And that's that's not fun. That's not fun, right? And and you know, some of the most let's say notorious murderers serial killers just people that are in prison for life have been so abused their whole life their whole life they're numb they're numb they've been told they're bad right growing up you're taught good versus bad right versus wrong they've been told they're wrong and bad their whole life what are they conditioned to believe what are they hypnotized to believe from the time they were born whether that's within abusive families whether that's in school whether that's in you know the in like an underprivileged neighborhood right downtown east side in vancouver or compton or you know any impoverished area in new york what are they taught to believe about themselves when they aren't given equal opportunity and resources if they're not given the same education if it's assumed that they're going to be less worthy a lot of these individuals are people of color you know a large a vast majority are black there are some asians in there hispanics latinos right think just think about that and like what access are they given what type of families do they come from often immigrant families or you know, underprivileged that have not been given the same opportunity as their, their white counterparts. And I'm not making this about color, but overall, we know the overwhelming majority of people are people of color. In the States and in Canada, here in Canada, a, a large population of Indigenous. 
And so, you know, it's looking at the constant abuse of the system, the constant abuse of family and friends on these individuals and what it could lead to. Like, imagine if people were treated with love. They don't, they don't teach how to treat with love. They teach you what they think it is to be successful. They don't teach you about taking care of your mental health in school. They didn't for us. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's changed now, but looking at the generations that are in the prison system right now, what did they grow up with? How could it have been prevented? Literally by love. You could prevent murder by giving love. Like, just think about that. Everybody has destiny. Everybody has lessons to learn. Everybody chooses to do something. I don't want to negate that. As I said, there, you know, people have to take accountability and have and are learning and growing from their experiences. So again, it's not to negate what the experiences are. It's to really show what a lack of empathy and love can result in. All right. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Let me know. And yeah, catch you on the other side. Bye.